sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoyed this message. God is good. Really? The goodness of God is a huge issue for many people. For both believers in Christ and unbelievers, bad things happen. Cancer happens. Car accidents happen. Death visits. And we begin to doubt, is he really good? Did God decide to kill that three-year-old? Did God send the cancer to teach you something? Did he cause this and couldn't he have stopped it? God, why would you do this? It doesn't look like you're good. It's easy to become double-minded. We might say, God is good. But deep down we doubt, we struggle with it. Is God really good? Especially considering all the bad we see and experience in this world. Whenever you get confused about God, look at Jesus Christ and how He is revealed from the Scriptures. Jesus came to reveal Father God to us and is the perfect image of our Heavenly Father. Jesus was perfect in thought, in motive and action. He only did what He saw His Father doing and He revealed the will of God. Did Jesus go around killing little kids? Or killing anyone for that matter? Did some people beg Him to heal them? And He said, no, it's not God's will for you to be healed. No, He didn't say that ever. Every person that came to Jesus requesting healing or freedom was healed and set free. Every person to whom the Father sent Jesus was healed. Jesus reveals the will of God. In this message, I am speaking to believers and I want to reveal to you that God is the miracle working God and He desires to do miracles in you and through you. I want to stir your faith and move you to action today. God is good. He's better than what you can imagine. In Jesus Christ, we see God's goodness revealed and Jesus went about doing good to all, releasing God's goodness to everyone. Acts 10.38 says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. Jesus healed and set free all that he met. All, not some or most, healing all. God is good and his will is to set everyone free. The will of God isn't the problem and we shouldn't be confused about that because we see God's will revealed in Jesus Christ. He healed and delivered all. All that asked him for healing or freedom received it. Not one was refused. God is that good. Now there are two kinds of the will of God in the Bible. The one form of the will of God we have no role to play in. It will be done no matter what. For instance, Jesus Christ will return at some point and only God the Father knows when that will happen. It will happen no matter what. The second type of the will of God is different. It's where God says that He desires for all to be saved, for no one to perish. But we know that that isn't going to happen. Unfortunately, everyone won't get to heaven. Why not? Because there's a partnership between us and God. God decided that what happens on this earth will be through His church, a partnership between heaven and God's children. That's you and me. We have a role to play. And the measure of faith, unity, and compassion for the loss that we display 
will impact how much of God's will is to be done on earth. That is why we are called to pray. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We must pray and obey in all that he calls us to do, to see his will be done on earth. In this message, let's tackle the topic of the will of God and discover all God has made available to us in Jesus Christ. I will also clarify some confusion concerning the medical profession and the miraculous. Is it the one or the other? May you break out of theoretical, passive, unbelieving Christianity and step into partnering with the miracle-working God every day of your life. In Jesus Christ, we discover the will of God. Don't be confused. When it comes to salvation, His will is for everyone to be saved. It's not like we would engage with someone and wonder if it's God's will for this person to be saved. Like, sorry man, your sin is just too bad for Jesus to forgive. Obviously not. Anyone can be saved. They must simply desire it. It is God's will to save. God is ready to forgive every sin on the planet. The Father's embrace is open to everyone. Come in for a hug. This gives us great confidence in sharing the good news of Jesus. God is that good. It is the same when it comes to sickness and disease. We cannot be confused about God's will. God did not send cancer to teach you a lesson. God sent Jesus Christ to the cross to teach cancer a lesson. Jesus was sent to teach sin a lesson, to teach sickness a lesson, to teach evil a lesson, and to teach death a lesson once and for all. The victory of Christ has been won at the cross. God has done his part. He has made complete and final victory available to us over all these evils. That is why Jesus could declare as he died, it is finished. The victory has been won and the final nail in the coffin of death was when he rose from the dead on the third day. Hallelujah. God is that good. The will of God is not the problem. The victory of God over sickness and disease is not the problem. It's final. Rather, it's our lack of faith and our lack of partnership with God that's the problem. It's our double-mindedness concerning the will of God. That's the problem. The double-minded man will receive nothing. It's impossible to please God without faith. Believe God's word. Believe in the victory of Christ. Believe that Jesus has come to teach cancer a lesson. Sickness is not of God. Sickness comes from evil and the sin-sick, cursed world. The miracle is in God's hands, but the stepping out is in ours. When you step out, that is when God shows up. Don't limit God. Trust Him for more. Pursue the more that God has made available. How can we step out boldly if we're not sure if it's God's will to heal someone? So here's an example of God performing a glorious miracle when we stepped out three years ago to pray for people to be healed. Dion, it's... Uh... Great to have you with us, to share with us. So you've been a, a gymmer, full-on bodybuilder. Baldy. So you had a major, major back injury while gymming. So take us back. It was 1994. Well, basically, Andre, um, I was preparing for a competition for the Border Bodybuilding Championships. I went down with a squat. I think it was 275 kilo squat. And all I just felt, my spine just... Like it snapped. And I, and I dropped the bars. And there I was. And then when I went in for the first operation, 
which was just like a laminectomy where they tried to sort out the, the crushed disc between the lumbar vertebrae. Okay, so the discs were yeah, crushed, crushed because yeah. of the, the pressure, the pressure, the downward pressure on the squats. Yeah, I had an operation. They did a laminectomy. Yeah, I was then. They put me in a fiberglass <laughs> ninja turtle suit. It was a fiberglass cast that I had on right around my body that they molded it, and I basically lay in that for how long? Nine months. So for nine months, months. after that first operation, you were in bed for nine months nine in months this suit. In this suit. Yeah, and um, couldn't do nothing. Actually, my wife had to, Liz had to feed me. After that, they said I would never walk again. It was in that period, I lost like 29 kilos lying in the bed there. 1996 happened again. I collapsed in the bedroom. They put me on a spinal board and uh, took me to hospital. Then they had to do the inserting of the instrumentation. Now, the instrumentation is vertical pins that runs down the spinal column. And then you've got supporting pins horizontally and where they join, they put screws in with barbed ends on them so they open up into the bone. And what they do then, they took, they opened, it was actually graphic because I saw some of the photos of what they did to me on the operating table where they, they shaved the bone and they plastered that over the pins. So that's yeah. what they call it, the spinal fusion. They put, they put cement over the pins. Mm. That's now into the, to form a solid block. Not long after that, I collapsed again. Yeah, 1996. With that, the pain was, it's immense. It's, mm. you can't explain it. So from 1996, for, for the next 21 years, you couldn't bend, Andrei, you couldn't, couldn't bend, bend over and you, and you had continuous pain, pain and continue. you were self-medicating. When people say they've got back pain, it's one of the most cruciating pains that you can have because you're, you're so limited. You can't bend down, pick up something. You're not allowed to lift up anything. You have to bend your knees to do things. Mm -hmm. So for 21 years, self-medicating, Voltaren inject. I inject myself two, three times a week, just so you can function, so you, you've got a bit of mobility because otherwise you just sit in constant pain. So in 2017, you came I, to, yeah, to okay. our church. Yeah. And, uh, and 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 you were in a sense backslidden. You, yes, you weren't had, walking closely no, with God. And so the first morning that you came here, you recommitted your life yes, to I God. Yeah, I was a bit hesitant. Uh, Liz was praying for me a lot because I was against church. And then the result was also a disconnect with totally, God ultimately. Totally, totally, totally. And all that Liz said, she prayed and prayed and prayed, and we got a, she got friends of ours said, bring Dion to church. Anyway, you know, walk, nice, like the vibe, bang. Holy Spirit climbed into me and I committed my life to the Lord. Oh, that's awesome. And then two weeks later, we had a Sunday morning service, service. here and then I felt that God wants to heal backs. backs. Now with me still sitting like this here in the church, upright like this, and uh, Liz like gave me a note, she says, love you, go. I said, no, I'm not going to go there. He said, listen, go. I stood up, you know, it was amazing. I can't even remember myself walking to the front over there. I was just sitting over there, walked in, I got there, I was like, where am I standing? I'm in front of the church, in front of all these people. Not a person that I'm shy, put his hands on me, he started praying. And I feel, no, 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 it ain't working this. He even said, I'm going to carry on praying. Come, Dion, come, but come. <laughs> and um, carried on praying, carried on praying. And Stephen said to me, Dion, bend your touch your toes. I said, Stephen, I haven't done it in 21 years. How am I going to do it? Because 
This is a solid concrete block of bone and pin in my spine. There's no mobility because where you bend is the lower lumbar of your part where your hips are. Mm. That is where you can bend. Mm. So if the spine can, can't bend, it ain't going to bend. Mm. And he said, don't bend, touch his toes. And I'm like, okay. I went and I went and I went down. And it's like, I actually went past my toes. I actually touched the floor in front there. Oh, wow. I was like, I oh, know, this is amazing. You know what, Andre, what's so, what is so amazing, eh? Now it would have been three years that I've never had pain again. Never, ever. I'll walk past people in the malls that I haven't seen for some time. John, how's it going with the back? I said, guys, I'm healed. They said, what do you mean you're healed? I said, I'm healed. They said, after all those years, I said, I'm healed, Bell. Because people knew me because I was finished. So for 21 years, I mean, you had to, you sat up straight, yeah, you walked that, up straight. Yeah, that, you, you couldn't, you that, couldn't bend. Yeah, nothing. And, now, and now you can bend. Bend oh, again, no. bend again. <laughs> <laughs> I can even stand and bend for you. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. No, it was. Amazing, and like I said, never, no more pain ever again. <laughs> 21 years, you couldn't do anything like that, Nothing. and now you could. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, praise God, that is amazing. It just shows me again that you know there are no limits no. to what God can do. It doesn't matter how long, 21 years. It doesn't matter how severe, it's extremely severe mm. uh, back condition. And today, in terms of your back, you're functioning normally. Praying and trusting that each person that hears the story would be encouraged to know that Jesus still heals. It doesn't matter what you're battling with. It doesn't matter what you're going through. He wants to touch you. So trust Him for your healing today. So thanks, Dion. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Andre. It was nice. What a glorious testimony. The miracle-working God is still healing mightily. When we step out, that is when God shows up. If you don't step out, well, nothing's going to happen. The miracle is in His hands. But the stepping out is in ours. Don't allow the evil one to accuse God's goodness when sickness or tragedy knocks on your door. God is a perfect Father. And all good things come from Him. Bad things come from evil and this messed up world. Bad comes from the devil. Good comes from our Heavenly Father because He is good. He's better than what you think. Real faith holds on to who God is as Jesus reveals Him to be without moving or drifting from there because of our negative experiences. Faith is anchored in truth, in God's Word, in who He says He is. It's an unshakable foundation upon which we stand. Chris Kulala, one of Jesus Christ's worship leaders, wrote the well-known song, Miracles, which is sung all over the globe. And he proclaims in the song, I believe in you. I believe in you. You're the God of miracles, the God who was and is to come, the power of the risen one, the God who brings the dead to life. You're the God of miracles. Do you know the context in which the song was written? Chris wrote this song just after his baby died. They trusted for a miracle. They prayed for their little one to come back to life, but it didn't happen. Now what? Do you change your theology? Is God no longer a miracle working God? Is he no longer good? No, you proclaim who God is despite what you're feeling or seeing. He is the God of miracles, even when it doesn't seem like it. That is when real faith manifests. Faith isn't based on feelings. It is based on the truth of who God is according to scripture. There's a mystery when it comes to healing, to miracles, which we will only discover answers to one day in eternity. Our responsibility is to trust in God. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. 
Psalm 34 verse 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. I've made up my mind. God is good. No matter what happens in my life, no matter what my future looks like, I know he is good. He's the author of good things. The worst things that could happen in my life would either be losing my wife or my son or myself having a debilitating disease. But I've made my sums. I will worship him. I will trust in him. I will praise him for the gift of life. I have eternity to look forward to. And the worst this world or hell can throw at us is like one night in an inconvenient hotel. This life and whatever challenges we face is of short duration. Heaven is home and my eyes are set on Jesus and my heart is anchored in him. So let's live. We have one life. Let's make it count. We have nothing to lose, only heaven to gain. So let's believe God for all he has made available to us. The goodness of God is under assault because of our experience of negatives in our lives. A child drowns in a swimming pool and we try to make it God's fault. Someone dies of cancer and we try to say, well, it's the will of God. It's like we want to abdicate all responsibility and blame God. No, evil is real and there is a fight that we need to fight in the spirit through prayer and obedience. We need to up our game so that God's kingdom can tangibly come in our cities and homes. Yes, bad things will happen, but God is so good that even those things he will Turn for good if we keep on trusting in him. He is that good and that powerful. Let's wake up from our spiritual sleep, our crippling complacency, our spineless skepticism, and take hold of all that God has made available to us. It takes courage to stand on all of God's promises. It takes courage to break out of unbelief. It takes courage to take God at his word. Anyone can make up unbelieving spineless theology to justify their passivity and stay in their comfort zone. I would rather die believing than live in unbelief. Living in unbelief is not living. It's not the life God promised us. I want to walk into heaven one day with God pointing at me and say, this man trusted in me. Faith pleases God. I want to please God. Sometimes we prioritize all the other virtues of Christianity and forget that it's impossible to please God without faith. Real love believes all things. Love moves us to trust more in God so that lost souls would be saved and greater miracles would break out for the sake of the hurting. Our Heavenly Father is so good. And all that he has made available to Jesus Christ, he has made available to us as sons and daughters of God. This is huge. We have so much that we can receive from God if we would wake up and get up and begin to stand on all his promises. All the promises of God is yes and amen in Christ. It's our role to say amen. It's our role to partner with God and appropriate all he has made available to us through prayer, through faith, and through obedience. Jesus spoiled every funeral he attended and even his own. He overcame death. And then he gives us this mind-boggling promise that we will do the same works as he and even greater. God always operates from glory to glory. Jesus sets the standard for signs and wonders and miracles. And then he says, 
Here's your floor. Now go higher. Same works as what I am doing, Jesus said, and greater. John 14, 12. Most assuredly, I say to you, Jesus speaking, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my father. Jesus starts off by saying, most assuredly. He's probably saying, hey guys, you're probably going to battle to believe this. But this is the truth. Believe my word, not your experience. The key factor there is faith. He who believes, he who appropriates all that God has made available to us in Christ. And this is where Christian community comes in. When we believe this together and pursue this together, knowing that God's will is that we would do all that Jesus did, but even more, we will see his glory revealed. Greater works than Jesus happens through Christian community. It's not a one-man show. That is God's invitation to us. He invites us to create a heavenly environment in partnership with him where God can be God. People love to hide their unbelief behind spineless theology. We make excuse upon excuse upon excuse of why that verse and that promise and many others are no longer for us and we stay within our comfort zone. Our unbelief tends to limit God. As this verse says, how often they provoked him in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert. Yes, again and again, they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. They did not remember his power the day when he redeemed them from the enemy. That's profound. It says they they limited the Holy One of Israel. How much of the church today limits God because we have no expectation for God to do the same as he did in the past? May we cast off every unbelieving thought or feeling. The next two verses in John 14 reveals the open-ended, unlimited invitation God puts before us. John 14, verse 13, it says, And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. God invites us to make radical requests of him. Ask whatever. I'm ready to heed your request to do mighty signs and wonders because this will bring glory to God. Every miracle is a manifestation of God's glory and brings glory to God. Want to bring glory to God? Ask. Make radical requests of God. Here's also where alignment needs to come. God is ready to fulfill his part of the deal. But there's the part that you and I also need to fulfill. If you want to ask radical things of God, then you need to be willing to radically obey God as well. The two parts go hand in hand. Radical answers to prayer require radical obedience to Jesus. This is where we have to step out of our comfort zone. If we ask for something radical like, Lord, give us a million souls, then God would probably say, wonderful, I'm all for that. That is my will. Now, are you ready for radical obedience? Are you ready to seek me and obey me no matter what? This is where the disconnect usually comes. This is where some say, I prayed, nothing happened. Yes, praying is good, but now move beyond that into obedience. Up your game. If you want to see the glory of God, 
You can't fill yourself with worldly things and think God's going to do miracles through you. It costs us something to walk in God's fullness. The atmosphere of heaven must reign within us and around us if we are to see God's kingdom come greatly. Pursue purity of heart and mind. The good news is that you don't need to do this in your own ability. It's a partnership. It's by His Holy Spirit, but you need to be willing. The ultimate motivation is simply to pursue God for who He is. Pursue intimacy with God. Seek His face. There's nothing as fulfilling, nothing as motivating and easy as pursuing Him. He is that good. When you gain Him, you gain everything that comes with Him. He is the miracle-working God. Why should Jesus only be our example morally? People would say, be like Jesus, be kind, be humble, be forgiving, be holy. Yes, absolutely. We must take on his character, his holiness, his thoughts and his heart. But why not also take on his ministry that he modeled for his disciples? Let's take on his radical faith as well in trusting his heavenly father for releasing healing to the broken and freedom to the bound. Follow Jesus in everything he did so that God can be glorified. This is what Jesus did. And this is our invitation to trust him for more. Matthew 4, 23. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Then his fame went throughout all Syria and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments and those who were demon possessed, epileptics and paralytics, and he healed them. Jesus healed all kinds of sickness. There is no type of condition that is out of bounds for God. And he set people free. He proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God, that heaven has drawn near, that the glorious realm of perfection is breaking into this broken world. And the results were dramatic. Jesus is our example. How about praying for someone today with an expectation that God would do it again? We can ask for wild things, but then we need to be willing to live by wild faith. A faith that's willing to step out of the comfort zone and push boundaries. There's a journey you need to walk to access the promises of God. Here's a short testimony of Erlen Moll, who was healed from post-traumatic stress that he suffered from for almost 20 years. So Erlen, good to have you with us. Uh, I call you the healing magnet. Because in 2019, you were healed at least four times through prayer in Jesus' name. And it's just been uh, obviously a very challenging year, all the things you were battling with and struggling with. But at the same time, these amazing uh, breakthroughs where, where God touched you and healed you. Give us a bit of background of the accidents that happened something like 20 years ago or so. Worked in the operations department for Buffalo City Electricity Department. We operated the, the network. 132,000 volts, 11,000 volts uh, systems. While we were normal operations, didn't do anything untoward, the, the equipment failed on us. On, on three separate occasions, the first time I was in 2000, I was burnt. Second time, wasn't burnt, but close. Third time, uh, my co-worker was burnt, badly burnt. 
we each each time your once the burns are healed everybody sort of goes back to normal but you can't reset your brain you come cl- very close to death and your mind doesn't just reset 130,000 volts of electricity the aftermath is that your life becomes very black and white it's white and then it's there's a line and then it's black that's that's how it is there is no gray there is no in between and so it's basically it's called post traumatic stress disorder that's correct basically you you're on edge there's a the fight or flight instinct and you're in that mode permanently so if somebody walks through the back door and the back door slams with the wind for the next half hour you're on a adrenaline rush of note you can't think straight because you're looking at which window you should be climbing out of that pretty much is how it goes so you never sit in the middle of a crowd you're always sitting on the edge always look for your escape routes you're always ready to fight for your life the most ridiculous thing a, a somebody can speak in a high pitched voice and it'll trigger me it's not logical things that make the reaction you learn to live with it but it's it's not nice because for 20 years you struggled with post traumatic stress and it massively impacted your life very much so and so at the end of 2019 you had an encounter with god and then things just shifted correct so what what happened there we were during praise and worship we had a guest worship leader from Cape Town Matthew and we we had quite a prolonged praise and worship session which was amazing and at one stage he said he he saw in the spirit that Jesus was coming through the door with a box of tissues and so that people could cry on his shoulder and wipe their tears and i just thought lord my life is hectic to see my tears you know all of a sudden i i closed my eyes and the next thing it felt like i was in an auditorium the size of the colosseum in rome there were literally thousands of people all around and i was standing in the center of the of the colosseum and there was absolute chaos i don't know what exactly what was going on i was standing there and 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 for the last 20 years under normal circumstances number one I wouldn't be there number two with all the, the the screaming and the shouting and the yelling and and whatever I would just want to escape but I stood there with absolute peace in my heart and it was it was so real I opened my eyes and I looked around I just knew that God reset my brain I don't know what he reset but he reset something ready to change my life actually so that was december 2019 and we're now september 2020 so what has been the change since that service that moment the difference is if the door slams if somebody speaks in a high pitched voice i couldn't stand the sound of whispering if you whispered i didn't made no difference what you were saying sound of the whisper used to set my adrenaline going and then i'm in fight or flight mode i'm i'm then i'm aggressive then i'm not it that's all gone oh well wow. that's gone that's uh, awesome. uh i don't react to what i used to react to but so when you're in a, in a building or in a church service you're not looking for where you can run out now i mean it it actually struck me last night during during the men's meeting i sat in the middle of the church and then it struck me 
you know, I'm sitting in the middle of the church. Normally you'll be at the side, ready to, 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 uh, to run. An exit. Yes, that is awesome. Jesus heals. And so what I love about your story is that there was a normal service in a sense. It was during worship, time of just glorifying God. And then in that moment, you had an encounter with God, with His Holy Spirit. He took you into a place and then He healed you in your brain on the inside. I love that. That is, that's just glorious. After 20 years, as I say, you're getting to, you just accept that that's the way you are. I was just desperately needing a touch from him. There was, medically, they couldn't do anything for me. They can't do. Um, they can't reset your brain for you. So, yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. And, and, and that's what I, just, I, I realize, I want to encourage anybody that's listening or watching this, is that just one encounter with God that which is medically impossible, just one touch from God is possible to shift you into healing and into freedom. Oh, yes. So that's beautiful. Thanks for sharing. Erlen was healed of four different conditions in one year. The key is to keep on tasting of God's goodness, to keep on positioning yourself in a place, in a community where people can pray for you. Expect God to heal you. It sometimes leads to misunderstanding when people hear that we believe and expect God to miraculously heal individuals. They sometimes think that this means we reject the medical field and medical professionals. This is far from the truth. It is also a trap for the medical professionals that they could feel that when someone does get better with their help, that it is a second class healing. It is not. We love and respect medical professionals. We love what they do and the sacrifices they make to help hurting people. Their careers are often a calling, something that they do at great cost to themselves. Their role will always be an important role to play. And they have been given talents and skills by God to help people. We celebrate that. The human body is an incredibly complex biological machine that was created by God with profound self-healing capabilities. Medical professionals don't heal people, they simply assist the body's self-healing processes created and placed there by God so that the body and mind of the person can be healthy. These are natural methods that help the body heal naturally. God provided quail and manna supernaturally in the wilderness for the Israelites. Does that mean we will no longer farm today or buy food at the shops because God can provide food supernaturally? Obviously not. The natural way is the normal way that life functions. We eat food to sustain our bodies and we do everything else in the natural to be healthy and to stay healthy. We don't reject the natural to embrace the supernatural. God is the source of both. When you are faced with sickness, you need to evaluate all your options and use all the tools available to you to get healthy. God can use natural means which he uses often. Miracles tend to be more the exception than the rule. That is why it is called a miracle. Sometimes people claim that the doctor's diagnosis is a curse, that the physician spoke over them. The diagnosis is not a curse. The doctor isn't the enemy. He or she simply gives a diagnosis of what is wrong in your body. This is a blessing so that you can know what to pray for and what medical options you have to get healthy again. 
The doctor's diagnosis is also a wonderful confirmation to a genuine miracle when God does show up to heal somebody. Do not make the doctor your enemy. Medical professionals are God-given blessings to help us get healthy. In some Christian circles, people find it shameful or a sign of unbelief to use pills or antidepressants, for instance. There should not be any shame in using pills. If you are sick on the inside and it doesn't sort out and you're not coping, then there's nothing wrong with using antidepressants for a season. The pills tend not to solve the root issue, which could be a variety of issues like you're battling to handle pressure or you're not overcoming high levels of anxiety. Don't feel ashamed to use pills at times. Just know that the gospel is the best pill of all. The gospel can solve any problem with no negative side effects. Seek long-term freedom without needing to be dependent on pills. But if you need to use pills, it's not a sign of unbelief or a lack of trust in God. Use whatever tools you have available. There are limits to what can be done by physical means. When practical medical care is not available, as in many places, or is unable to sufficiently help the body recover, then supernatural means are needed. Supernatural intervention is also God's way in revealing the love of God to someone and to point them to Jesus. Every miracle is a sign that points to Jesus. We are not promoting supernatural physical healing at the expense of the medical profession. We believe there is a powerful partnership between the two. It's not a second-class healing when someone who was blind but now after surgery has their sight restored. To the patient, it's a precious gift and as good as a miracle from heaven. It's also a great honor for the surgeon to use his natural God-given skills and the laws of biology to help the patient in such a beautiful way. God created the natural world and uses the natural processes and laws of this world to help people. God is also a supernatural being able to transcend the natural laws so that people can discover who he is and how much he loves them. Jesus died for every human being, from the least to the greatest. Every person is infinitely valuable to God and deserves the best love and care we can give them. We believe that God the Holy Spirit wants to help the medical professional through supernatural wisdom, through insight and know-how to provide the best possible medical care. We encourage every professional to ask for God's leading, to maximize their natural skills and abilities to help hurting people. Many medical professionals pray for their patients, and so they bring the best possible medical care by applying both the natural and supernatural tools available to them to bring healing to people. Let's use all God has given to us. The one isn't better than the other. Whether it be by natural means or supernatural means, let's bring glory to Jesus. Let's love people well. Taste and see that the Lord is good. I love this passage, Psalm 34. It says, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. 
Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. The psalmist reveals the goodness of God and our role in partnering with God. It says there, I sought the Lord. It says they looked to him. This poor man cried out, fear him. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. He is so good that God responds to our pursuit of him and he delivers us from all our fears. He is so good that he saves us out of all our troubles. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Don't stand at a distance and be indifferent. Don't only believe that God can. Pursue Him and position yourself in a place where God will move. You want to see miracles? Love God more. Draw near to Him. Love Him for who He is. Intimacy with God is the key. In terms of Sonic and me, the more time I spend with Sonic and my wife, the more I become like her and she like me. If you want to see the miracle worker work through you, you need to spend time with God just for who He is. Enjoy Him. Love Him. Live for Him. Worship Him. Sit in His presence and let God love people through you. Taste and see that God is good. Partake of His goodness every day and then share His goodness with others. To taste is to stretch forth your hand and to partake of all God has made available to you. There's a feast of His goodness available to you right now. Partake, pursue, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in Him. God is that good. My prayer is that you would taste and see that God is good. Taste His goodness every day and overflow His life to others. You will see miracle upon miracle break out around you. God is the miracle working God and He desires to do miracles through you. Let's pray. Father, I pray for an awakening in your people, a willingness to believe you for more, a desire to step out of the comfort zone, a passion to seek your face, light the fire in every heart. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.